Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, runners. Maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner. Maybe you ask yourself if you're really a runner. Welcome to episode 68. Today we're talking about blind spots in our running. This idea of you don't know what you don't know until somebody creates awareness around it for you. I'll share some that I were made aware of recently and then I'll share some blind spots I feel can be pretty typical and the symptoms you might notice as a result. Two blind spots related to my running form were pointed out to me during my Chi running instructor certification. This was an intense two-day in-person one-on-one training that I finished just recently where instructors and in training demonstrate their knowledge of Chi running from a training perspective as well as demonstrating it in their own running skills. It's intense because the spotlight is on you the entire time. So what Cheryl, my master coach, noticed was when I was running, she noticed the ever so slight push off that I was doing with my feet, my toes, as I was moving forward when I was running. And you might think, well, of course you're pushing off. You're out there running. But if you've listened to some of my previous episodes or if you've read the book Chi Running, in Chi Running, you then know you don't push off, right, with your toes. You lift your ankles instead to counteract that slight forward fall that you're in when you want to move forward because you're literally counteracting gravity or you're actually not counteracting it. You are collaborating with gravity, right? It's a lot more energy efficient. So this whole bounce in your step or this pep in your step is really not for chi runners. You kind of think that's funny. Ankle lift versus pushing off with your toes, your feet is a significant distinction in chi running because one strains the calf and toe muscles, the pushing off, whereas the other requires much less effort and it helps create this rearward wheel that we work for in chi running. The other blind spot that she noticed was the tension I carried in my upper body. So a major tenet of chi running is relaxation, really. It's all about posture and relaxation in chi running. The more we relax, the easier and more efficient running becomes. And I just love how well that resonates really with my approach to life and what I'm trying to nurture and develop in myself also to really be more relaxed in life. Anyways, that was a sidestep. 
Now, I'm still very much in my head when I when I'm out there running, trying to implement all my forum focuses. And so being so much in my head, sometimes I involuntarily tense, right? And implementing implementing the chi running focuses is really a continuous process. It's really the the process in chi running becomes a goal rather than the goal being, well, how many miles are you running today or what's the speed that you want to run it at, right? It's really more about focusing on your on your skill set, on your form focuses as we call them in chi running. So these chi running focuses such as lifting from your ankles or it could be your arm swing, which is a major component of having relaxed arm swing is a major component of chi running. Implementing these form focuses is not a set it and forget it kind of thing. You're not just kind of putting yourself into cruise control and then off you go for the next half hour, hour, two hours, however long you're out there for, right? And I just have to also say that's one of the reasons that I really love chi running so much, right? Ever since I started chi running, I just felt I found a whole different focus in my running. And so that's what gets me so excited about it. So I want to ask you, runner friend, what are your blind spots? Where do you notice you're holding yourself back? Do you know? Well, the trouble with blind spots is they're just that, blind to you until somebody points them out, right? Either through sharing their experience with you from coaching or from a podcast or, you know, a friend, family member, and so forth. So I thought what I'd do today is I thought of five areas that I feel are blind spots, some that are personal to me that I've experienced myself and some that I've heard others experience. So here goes. Number one, are you running your warm-up mile or warm-up miles too fast? Huh. Not giving your body the time to really adjust Maybe because you're worried that a slower pace will set you up for running the entire run slow or whatever else is the reason. Some telltale signs that this is going on for you could be, you know, negative splits are difficult for you, you know, where your subsequent miles are faster than your previous miles, if that makes sense. So essentially, you're running each mile faster than the previous mile. Or it could just be a segment of your miles within your entire run. It doesn't have to be the entire run that's run as a negative split. But are you noticing that negative splits are difficult because you're basically running at your fast pace from the get-go? Or maybe another telltale sign for you is that you secretly dread running and how hard it feels when you're out there. Or maybe you frequently complain of the first mile, first three miles. They're the worst to overcome. It's interesting to me because it's one of the common recurrent posts that I notice in running communities. Oh, why is the first mile or the first couple of miles so hard? Why is it so uncomfortable? Do you all hate the first mile, the first couple of miles as much as I do? It's such a frequent post. And so that would be a major blind spot. You're running it too fast. 
Maybe you're even lacking motivation to run because of that. Just consider that for yourself. Check your smartwatch and look back over your most recent run or most recent runs and see if your first mile is as fast as the other miles, maybe even faster than the other miles. And then try slowing yourself down very deliberately. Really run it much slower than feels normal and just see how the entire run then feels at the end. Number two, are you using negative self-talk to motivate? And this is in air quotes. Motivate yourself to run. You know that I really should do this. I ought to. I need to. Instead of a, I get to go out and run. Even if you're training for a marathon. You know, even if you're in a 20-week plan, 24-week plan. It's still an I get to. Right? A telltale sign here, if, if this is what's going on for you, is that there's a physical feeling of resistance around running for you. And you kind of force yourself out using negative comments to yourself. You could be like, I'm such a loser if I don't get this done. Or you might create stories in your head around how much better other runners are or how much easier it is for them. Or it could be you have a little bit of FOMO if you don't get out there with other people, with other runners, or if you can't post your stats. It's not a fun place to live. Trust me. I did this for myself for years. Not in running. I came into running very differently, very deliberately, but I did it in other areas of exercise, and it killed my motivation. So that's why, hence why, running is such a passion sport for me. I'm creating it very deliberately, and it's it can be done, right? It just takes that, that awareness around it. Okay, blind spot number three. Are all your runs run in zones four and five, meaning at a high heart rate, high effort? A telltale sign is that your progress has plateaued, right? Obviously, you can see it from an HR reader or a heart rate reader on your watch or your chest strap if you're working in zones that are too high. And you can, the problem is, in a way, you get so accustomed to doing it. This, I'm talking from personal experience now because that was me. That still is me, right? I'm so accustomed to training in zones five easily. I'm not saying that I'm the fastest runner at all out there, but I'm clearly working at in zone five for me, which that's not where I should be for more than maybe 20% of my runs. If you guys have read the book or heard of the book 80-20, for instance, by I think his name is Matt Fitzgerald, right? So from personal experience, I can tell you it's not a quick fix to implement if you want to start running at a lower zone. Ideally, you'd be in zone three or two, depending on how you divide it up. But it's not something that we're like, well, I'll just train for this for the next three months, and it's it's done. It's a done deal. I started working on running in lower heart rate or at lower heart rate when summer first started this year. And I'm telling you, it remains a work in progress, and I have to admit I'm not always consistent, and uh, my attention to it, my awareness around it goes out the window a little bit sometimes, or I'm like, well, I don't want to walk. I really don't want to walk right now. <laughs> I want to continue to run when in reality, I actually need to walk to get my heart rate back down 
Here's what I've noticed by working on it dedicatedly over the summer, and I've been running five runs a week the entire summer, right? Probably averaging the summer. It was coming out of my marathon training. It was climbing from 25 miles a week up to, I think, peak weeks were like 35 this summer. I only had a few of those. So averaging maybe 30, 28 to 30 miles. What I notice is that the walking portion that I would have to do to get my heart rate back down got consistently shorter and shorter and fewer and farther between. I think is that the expression, right? Okay. Here is blind spot number four. You're running form. Haha. <laughs> yes. You've never formally worked when you're running form, maybe. You're a recreational runner, such as myself. And running is something you've picked up as a way to exercise, to feel healthy. Listen, it's one of the easiest sports to get into because we just have to put on a pair of running shoes, right? And then we can just kind of hit out there. And we all really know how to run, right? Because we've done that our entire life. I mean, we have two legs. We can go out there and run. Telltale sign if this is what's going on for you, if this is a blind spot, is that you might be experiencing repeat injuries or flare-ups. Now, that became me. And I just remember this. Oh, it was heartbreaking. It was this dread, and, and maybe this resonates with you also, that I would be out on a run, and then all of a sudden I would feel this niggle of ache somewhere, typically around my shins, or maybe I'd feel it around my knees, maybe in my, my right foot. And I just remember feeling this incredible dread building up because I was thinking, oh, what is this going to, what is this, what does this entail? Does this mean I'm going to be out for a while? Because I I knew that best practice would be to, and give it the rest that it needed if it really ended up flaring up, right, that I shouldn't just be powering through and running through on, you know, through aches and pains. But trust me, I know we do. <laughs> we do as runners, whether it's because we have a race that we're signed up for. I think that's just our excuse that we say. I think bottom line is we're afraid of what it means to us if we can't run, right? We Our identity as a runner is tied into running, obviously, and that's why I've spend so much time labeling the stages when we're not running as being a rehabbing runner. It doesn't mean that you've lost your runner's identity, right? And then as you come back from having rehabbed and you don't feel you're quite back to peak or back to where you were before the injury, there is that stage of being the, oh, no, I just lost my train of thought here, Re returning. I think it was returning runner. I've, I've used that. I lost my train of thought here, guys. Sorry. Anyways, as you can tell, it's something that I'm passionate about because I've experienced it so much. And I really just remember feeling this dread and then also feeling a, a sense of loss of control where running was, you know, it's something we do because we want to be able to exert this kind of control. We we do it maybe for reasons of health benefits and something we know that also will help us maintain our body image that we'd like to maintain or and then all of a sudden it feels like the body is betraying us to an extent right because then we feel the aches and the pains so as I said it used to be me especially my shins and my right foot and my right foot came about because I I rolled it uh, as I was prepping for my first half marathon back in 2018 so I attribute these aches and pains that I've experienced, and I mean, 
they were they were bad enough to where they they sent me to the PT right and had me you know take breaks away from running and I attribute them to poor form right I rolled my ankle as I said and it just this is back in 2018 and all the way up to 2021 to so three years later I still will feel my foot get achy the foot that I rolled right and I think Truly, when I think about it, I think I rolled it due to poor form. I wasn't lifting from my ankles, right? So, chi running and using chi running has given me skills that I didn't have before, as well as an awareness of my form when I'm running. So I'm literally troubleshooting on the go. It's it's the craziest thing, but that's what learning good running form and learning to read your body and sense your body will do for you. So if you don't have any practice in this really, I would definitely highly encourage that you look into that. Chi running is a great place to start. Obviously, I'm very biased. You can either reach out to me or you can just pick up the book on Audible. That's how I started. Started listening to it, started implementing little bit at a time and then as you get more serious you can reach out for more help all right last blind spot i want to talk about and is that you use running to cope with emotions and so i just want to point out i'm not talking about processing your emotions while you run i think that can be super beneficial i'm talking about literally running away through running right just kind of suppressing it tuning it out and i think a telltale sign is that you use running as a fix to feel better right and then of course you get super stir crazy if you can't get your run because that run releases something for you right and again there's absolutely no judgment here there's no you really should be doing it this way at all again it's just an invitation it's just maybe shedding some light, creating some awareness. But if you've been a listener on this podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about how I think there's a better way to deal with life stressors than taking taking it out on a run. Because when emotions and stress, of course, is one of them goes unprocessed, it continues to affect us negatively, right? It's not surprising if we don't deal with something, it can continue to flare up not not everything will and some of it we might be able to move through without you know I'm not saying we have to process every single thing but if it's a recurrent thing obviously right it's so much more beneficial that we actually process it so even if we do run farther and faster and all those things it doesn't mean that we're actually necessarily healthy we might be fit but not healthy from a, you know, holistic standpoint, body, mind healthy, right? And so what really drove it home for me, and I've been, I mean, I've been thinking about this, but I really appreciate it when I came across this article recently about this very, well, I think he's pretty famous, but on Tony Horton that I want to share with you, because as I said, it really just kind of hit home with me. And it just really spoke to what I always talk about, about not running away from your feelings, right? So 
this story of his illness isn't new. It happened back in 2017, but it's new to me because I just came across it recently. But by 2017, I wasn't really following any of his workout routines anymore. So like I said, the story is new for me. And though, for those of you who are not familiar with Tony Horton, I mean, you can obviously Google him. But here's a quick backstory on him. He's a personal trainer, celebrity trainer, who created an at-home workout called P90X and a couple of spinoffs through Beachbody. And it, he created these back in, well, the first back in 2005. And it became hugely successful, right? All of a sudden, everybody could get in, in great shape at home following his workouts. And not really that I'm not really promoting P90X at all. I use it myself. I thought it was great. But I only share it because in 2012, I started my P90X journey and lost a lot of weight. I thought it was great. I did the two spinoffs, P90X 2 and 3, and I really enjoyed the workouts. And I had just turned 40. And I remember being really impressed with how fit Tony Horton looked. And I mean, he was almost 20 years older than me. So even at like 58 or 60 years of age, I was like, that dude is fit. So just to kind of set you up to understand why when I just somehow came across this in Google land about his illness, it stirred my curiosity enough to really kind of go in and just do a little research on it, right? And so I found this article in, in Self, the magazine, the fitness magazine Self. And what I read and what he said, what the article said, really resonated because it's what he experienced, I think, is a big part of what I feel skews our joy of exercise. So in 2017, as I said, Horton shared publicly that he'd been diagnosed with Ramsey Hunt, is what it's called. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's a complication of shingles, which is really kind of like a chicken pox strain. This is just Google knowledge. So this is what he says. He noticed the following symptoms. He had pain on the right side of his head, followed by a tingling in his ear. By the next morning, he said he noticed he didn't have the ability to whistle, and there were some odd things going on with his face. I think facial drooping paralysis is one of the symptoms. A few days later, he realized that he drooled when he tried to drink water. He couldn't close his right eye. And this progressed into balance issues, vertigo, intense pain, vomiting and so forth. And so I shared only just because, again, to me, Tony Horton has always been the symbol of somebody who's truly, truly fit. And I guess maybe in that I embedded truly, truly healthy also. And so I just want to point it out and share just because we are fit and just because maybe we can go out and really log a ton of miles in our running, again, where are we coming from when we do that? And are we using running to cope with with emotions that we're not truly processing? I just want to offer up. There is a different way and you can still continue to run as much as you want, but you will get a whole different sense of running out of it. And so I wanted to share the Tony Horton example today because of what Horton said in the interview. He said, Shingles is caused by stress, and apparently I've been stressed, and I wasn't even aware of it. Stress is an emotion. Remember that. And he goes on to say, now it's time for me to look at how I suppress my emotions 
and try to fight through everything with exercise alone. End of quote. So, it's no secret that this podcast is about how we can become happier runners and not more stressed out runners, and that a big part of that has to do with we have to work on our mindset. And if you're new to the podcast again, go back and re-listen to previous episodes if you need inspiration for that and what to do, right? There's tons of, of suggestions in there. So, all right, what do you think, runner friend? Do any of these blind spots hit close to home for you? Have you overcome any of these blind spots? I'm curious. Share with me through email, Instagram, or on Facebook. I'd love to know. And also, I want to invite you, if you're wondering about how to create more awareness, come check out my Runner's Mind Coaching. I would love to have you be part of it. All right, that's it for today. I'll see you next week. My wish for you is that you run happy this week, runner friend. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time.